0: You have a critical spirit? Is it easier for you to say what is wrong with a person rather than what is right with them? Today's show will revolutionize the way you treat people and speak of people who have been made in the very image of God.
1: Welcome to Defiant Joy Radio. Carol would love to come speak in your area. Her messages of hope and joy have blessed so many. Contact us today at JustJoyMinistries.com or call toll-free 1-855-569-5433 to arrange an appearance at your next women's group or conference. Now, here's Carol with today's inspiring message.
0: you ever discovered verses in the bible that you wish you could write on your heart and your head and your hands and your phone and your dashboard and your mirror and every cupboard in your room Well, today, we're going to read some of those important verses. These are hard verses to get, but we must never, never give up endeavoring to obey these particular verses that we're going to read from the book of James. And I'll tell you right now, these are some verses that you'll never be able to do on your own. These are verses that you need the help and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. We find these verses in James chapter four, verses 11 and 12. Do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law but a judge of it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So this verse, James 4.11, starts out by saying, do not speak against one another, brethren. What this verse is saying to us today is don't use your opinions and know-it-all heart to slice and dice somebody made in the image of God. One of the results of humbling yourself, which we learned in our last lesson, is that you choose not to judge because a humble person doesn't judge. A humble person doesn't speak against a brother or a sister in the Lord. Only the prideful do that. This is the deal about judging. We can hold brothers and sisters up to the word of God. That's not judging. If someone is living in adultery, it's okay to say, the Bible says that we don't get to live this way. What can I do to help you out? But what you don't do is tell everyone with hearing distance, texting distance, and on Facebook all about it. No. That's judging. You pray about it. You go to the person. You handle sin in a biblical, merciful, no compromise way, speaking the truth in love. But if it's just your opinion on a matter, don't do it. Humble yourself. Let me give you some examples of what I mean when I say judging. Did you know that Mary Jane doesn't cook for her family? what kind of woman never cooks for her family? Doesn't she love them? Well, I show my love for my family by cooking for them. That kind of opinion is judgment. It's speaking against a brother or a sister. How about another one? You mean she doesn't teach Sunday school? I have taught Sunday school for 27 years. What makes her think she's so good that she doesn't have to teach Sunday school and she has four kids back here and yet she never does anything to help? That's judging. Not teaching Sunday school is not a sin, it's a choice. And you don't know the motive. So, that kind of hard attitude, that kind of talking, is judgment. And the Word of God says that there is only one lawgiver and one judge. This is my part of the verse and you ain't it. You are not the lawgiver nor the judge that James chapter four, verse 12 is talking about. How about this form of judgment? Can you believe that they're going to Disney World again? Who do they think they are? How can they afford to go to Disney World? Didn't they just go two years ago? What kind of money does he make? That's judgment. That's speaking against a brother or a sister. There's only one lawgiver and judge, and you're not him. One of the key phrases in James chapter 4, 11 and 12 is this phrase, do not speak against one another, brothers. And I believe it would be fair to say sisters. There's only one lawgiver and judge and I believe it would be fair to say, and it's not you. Who are you to think that you could judge your neighbor? In moments like this, I need to tell myself, get down, self, get down. In our quest to be more like God, to please him in all of our ways, it's so important to know exactly what judging one another is and to be aware of the hurtful lifelong damage that it can do to a brother or sister in the Lord. This is what judging is. Judging is projecting your opinions on someone else's life. Judging is telling everybody the way that you think things ought to be done, that if you were in charge, this is what would happen. Now, let me tell you what judging is not. Judging is not holding a close friend or relative up to the Word of God and handling Bible-defined sin issues in a biblical, godly, and loving way. That, my friend, is not judgment. It's relationship. It's fellowship. It's obeying the word of God in a loving, merciful, and kind community. Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you've won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. It's so important to handle sin issues in a private, kind merciful and loving way. We go to our brother or sister in private. Then if the situation still doesn't change, you take two or three with you. And then after that, you might want to take it to your pastor or to the leadership council at your church, but you only can do this if it's a sin issue as recorded in the word of God. If it's merely your opinion Get down, self. There's only one lawgiver and one judge, and it's not you. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Indeed, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. If the Lord wills. This is a great way to do life. When you pray, you should always pray for God's will. Matthew 6.10 tells us to pray this way, to pray that your kingdom will come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the way we pray. And the way we plan is we plan for God's will. God, use my life for your glory. That's my plan for today. God, my plan today is that because I'm alive, hell would get smaller and heaven would get bigger. Lord, would you use my life to bless somebody today? This verse tells us that life is so short. James 4, 14 says, you are just a vapor. Life goes by so incredibly fast, doesn't it? Just last week, I was in the sixth grade. I kid you not. Three days ago, I was a bride getting married. And two days ago, I was giving birth to babies. How did I get to be a grandmother? When did that happen? Well, it happened because life is a vapor. I've heard it say that motherhood is when the days never end, but the years fly by. Isn't that the truth? Once you become a mother, life really becomes a quick vapor. I want to encourage you knowing that James 4.14 tells us that our life is a vapor. I want to tell you live and Every single day to the fullest. You don't know how much time you have left, so let's incorporate these disciplines into our life every single day. Spend every day praying for the people that you love. Spend time every day encouraging the people in your life. Spend time every day getting to know God better in his word. Spend time every day listening for God's voice. Spend time every day in worship every single day. Spend some time in worship. Spend time every day giving to someone else and laugh every day. Find something to smile about. You will never waste a day of your life if you fulfill those seven challenges. As I linger on James 4.13, I realize that James is talking about money. Let me read it to you one more time. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. I realize that James in this verse is talking about materialism, consumer economics, or spending your entire life focused on what you make. I wonder if when James penned these words, he was thinking about these words spoken by his big brother, Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. Life is gloriously more than possessions, your income, or the economics of the day. Life is about discerning the will of God and then doing it.
1: We're so glad you were able to join us today. The Just Joy staff would love to hear from you. Please call us at 1-855-569-5433. That's 1-855-JOY-LIFE. Or simply go online to justjoyministries.com. Whether you want to live above the ordinary or learn to worship God even during hardships, Carol has great teachings to help you every step of the way. And remember, Carol is always available to speak in your area.